Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED. Hey, what's going on? It's Devin Kadayama. Before we get started with the show, I just want to remind you that The Bay is on a different schedule for summer break. We'll be giving you episodes on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays for the next few weeks. We're continuing to craft this show and to figure out what works best for both you, the listener, and also us. Vinny, Erica, and I really have a good time making this show and telling you stories that are important to The Bay Area. So thanks to each of you who are with us. Now to the show. It's Bottle Rock, the huge music festival that happens every year in Napa, and Bay Area rapper E-40 is up on stage. Asusana Rasia is a reporter with the East Bay Express, and she's covering the music festival, and she's looking around and noticing there are a lot of white people here. And then what really pops out at her is this some white fans that were in the crowd when E-40 was performing and were singing along to the N-word. In my story, I called out how that was unacceptable. All right, if you're white, in fact, if you're not black, don't use the N-word. Asusena pointed this out in one of the blog posts she wrote about the festival for the East Bay Express. And she got in trouble for it. Today, controlling the narrative of what gets published. I'm Devin Kadayama. Welcome to the Bay. Asusena Rasilla. She's a young reporter from East Oakland, born and raised, arts and culture writer. KQBD's Sarah Hosseini spoke with Asusena for this story. So she writes about this moment when E-40 is singing, and part of his lyrics include the N-word, and she sees these white people singing along. Did you get a sense why that was problematic in her writing? I think that for her, it it's just, uh, you know, one of those moments where um, not only are you lamenting the fact that it's not a diverse crowd, but you're sort of seeing people um, claim and use a word that they have no right to use. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a racist, derogatory term. And any other race, white people, brown people, have no right to use that word, just no matter the context. She called that out um, to the dismay, I guess, of her uh, owner and publisher, the owner and publisher, Stephen Buell. And so her story publishes, and then what happens? The three blog posts were up for about a week. He took them down the Friday after they went live. And then she says that she got called into a meeting with Stephen Buell, her managing editor, and the editor-in-chief. To talk about the stories. 
he was shaking with anger, that he was visibly upset. He thought that they were not up to East Bay Express's editorial standards. Which the editor-in-chief disputed. Um, she, saw, she saw no problem with the writing. Um, and that he felt that they were racist against white people. In particular, he called out the use of her criticism of the white crowd singing along with the rapper. He basically said, why can't people use the N-word? You know, if rappers put in that word in their lyrics, it was free game. Then he used it himself. And that's when he used the N-word. To their shock. He didn't apologize or, you know, said anything after he said that word. She confronted him immediately when he said the N-word himself. I intervened and I sort of like told him to hold on that we needed to address what he had said. And I said that no matter in what context, it was never okay for a white person or a brown person to use that word. Um, And then he sort of continued um, nitpicking the stories, not really addressing that he had said that word. At that point, I was already crying. And then at the end of the meeting, um, he said that I was not allowed to write anything that was deemed racially controversial by him. East Bay Express is, I mean, it's kind of seen as this space where people of color are supposed to be more represented, right? It's supposed to be a publication for the East Bay and often elevates voices that we don't hear about in the media and often talks about this intersection between race and culture. I feel like that's a big part of the draw for the East Bay Express. I think that's kind of gets to the crux of one of the big issues here, which is maybe a disconnect between what management sees the role of the paper as being and who they serve. The folks there that I spoke to, the staff that are still on, including white staff, say that they really see the role of the paper as speaking to East and West Oakland you know, too, to sort of compensate for the fact that that doesn't really show up in other, many other places. They felt that management really saw the role as catering to white folks in Berkeley and Rockridge, you know, middle class liberals who maybe are okay with stories that criticize, you know, cops, but maybe not stories that draw attention to their own behaviors. Right. Uh, it's it's kind of this this white liberalism where it's just because you live in the Bay Area, it doesn't necessarily mean that you quite understand what we talk about when we talk about systemic racism and just these bigger issues that are playing out all over the country and the Bay Area is totally not immune to it. Right. So after this meeting, what does Asasena do? Asasena goes home. She has a conversation with her mom. The East Bay Express was always a dream to work for them. I mean, it's, it's my hometown paper. And her mom basically tells her, you know, you need to stand up for your integrity as a woman of color. I knew that my integrity as a woman of color and as a journalist of color outweighed having a steady paycheck. I was not going to work for someone who was going to censor my voice uh, and someone who was going to freely use racist terms. And she quits. After Asusena resigned, the East Bay Express offered the job to Beatrice Kilot, another woman of color. Kilot was working as a calendar editor at the time for the East Bay Express. But she not only declined the offer, she also quit in solidarity. 
So the East Bay Express loses two reporters of color in June, in early June. And we don't hear anything for for more than a month until Steve Buell issues his public apology last Friday. He apologized for using the N-word. Um, he explained that it was in the context of, you know, a meeting about uh, an article that he, he took issue with that had to do with, you know, the concert and people singing along. And he pledged to try to do better, essentially. On Saturday, Stephen Buell stepped down as publisher. What were some of the reporters and staff members from the East Bay Express saying about this? Some people thought that that was a step in the right direction. Others were really dismayed by the news that he would be promoting Robert Gammon to publisher. He's someone that's a very close friend of Stephen Buell. Um, People who had already left the organization were really hoping for more of a change. Others say that he's a solid journalist and they're looking forward to working with him in that capacity. What what has Stephen Buell said about, about, about all this? I haven't interviewed him I did get a text from him um, on the day that he said he would step down as publisher on Saturday and which he said that his head was spinning. And um, he's saying that he made a couple mistakes, um, one with this recent controversy and then another one that has to do with he inappropriately kissed a coworker um, and was reported for it. Um, how, how long ago was this? It was a he said a decade ago in his statement. Okay. He he says that, you know, the universe doesn't seem to believe in forgiveness at the moment. He's saying that he's stepping down and trying to sell in order to safeguard the company's journalism and jobs and also his life's savings. Did he did he mention anything about whether taking down the stories was right or wrong or whether he still backs his decision to to take them down for the content? He did say in his apology letter that he should not have unilaterally taken down the articles, but more on procedural grounds. He doesn't really address the content issue that he took with them. And and also in the apology, he didn't really pledge to not do it again. He says that he would create, um, you know, some protocol, but not really promising that the publisher would keep his hands out of editorial concerns. You know, as you say, kind of got thrust into the spotlight on this story. Do you have any sense of what this means to her? Yeah, I think it was a pretty shocking turn of events for her. I just want this to be over. I'm, I, I don't think Steve took into consideration the sort of like mental damage that he has caused. You know, to go from just a, you know, a, a regular reporter like we all are to kind of taking down an owner and a publisher, you know, she did inform her, the rest of her staff, of why she was leaving. And, um, you know, they did support her. I think this whole saga has taught me that now my mission is that I I don't know how, I don't know with what money, but I am going to build a newsroom from scratch. I am going to some way, somehow build a publication um, that caters to these underrepresented voices and where people of color and journalists of color feel safe uh, to write, to use their voice, to showcase our community. Um, because at this moment, I don't feel like he's being expressed as that voice anymore. That's reporter Asusena Racia and KQED reporter Sarah Hosseini. Steve Buell wanted to have an editorial role as publisher. Now that he's stepping down and trying to sell off his ownership of the paper, the current editor-in-chief, Kathleen Richards, has rescinded her resignation and says she's staying on. 
We reached out to the East Bay Express's new publisher, Robert Gammon, and asked him how he's going to be a different publisher than Buell. I come from a kind of different school of thought. I really believe in there should be a, a separation, a wall between editorial and business, so I'm not going to be involved in the editorial side. Robert Gammon also says Asusena's account of what led to her resigning sounds pretty accurate from what he's heard. I'm Devin Kadiyama. You've been listening to The Bay. All right, if you haven't yet, check out the California Report magazine with host Sasha Koka. She and her team bring you coverage from around the state, from arts and culture to what's happening at the border and beyond. Subscribe to the California Report magazine wherever you get your shows. I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Dirfetah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.